increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to STRonomics. This is going to be an amazing episode with my friend here, Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. Kenny, we're talking about the top cost segregation benefit markets in the country. You just, meaning you, STR Insights, just released a report uh, showing the top markets across the country to where you can get the highest cost segregation tax benefit. Uh, I do want to put a disclaimer, neither Kenny nor I, or probably anybody on the super team is ever going to advise you to make an investment strictly based on the tax benefits uh, that you can attribute in any type of accelerated depreciation or cost seg benefit, but it is a tremendous add-on when you've made a sound financially driven decision to invest into real estate that you can take advantage of on the back end. So Kenny, tell me a little bit about your findings since you just released the report through SDR Insights. Yes. First off, we posted a report about uh, at the beginning of the year, or I guess maybe December. I don't know. It was like, no, nah, I think it was New Year's, but it was like the top, you know, markets report for 2023. And, you know, here are all the markets. A lot of the markets um, that are in the, the top, so our top 10 cost egg markets that we just put out are in that report still. So that means that those markets are still very healthy. Um, so let me, let me clarify here. So at the beginning of the year, you put in the, like the top investable markets and now yep. you just put out the top cost seg markets, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So granted that, that, that first report, it was by region, by budget. So it was, there was a lot of markets in there. And I want to say almost every single one of those, uh, is, is in this top 10 market report for cost segregation. Now, these aren't the top 10 markets in the country. These are top 10 markets uh, to maximize your cost seg benefit that have the potential to cash flow. And I think that's the key word that I want to make sure is super clear that you we're, we're not just picking markets that, oh, yeah, you can go get a great cost seg benefit in. Um, these are markets where we can still get some cash flow. Some are better than others, obviously, but you have that opportunity to cash flow and then also have your cost segregation benefit be pretty high considering the area. So. Awesome. Let's hear it. Okay. You just want me to go down the list? Yeah. And then we'll talk about them. Should we go backwards or forwards? I think we go from whatever the number is down to number one. We'll reveal number one at the end. Okay. All right. 
Oh, we got to uh, keep listeners here. Keep them engaged. I know, right? Starting at number 10. If we give them number one, they're out in like two minutes. Yeah, I know, right? They're they're all going to go to that market. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like I've been saying these, a lot of these markets for a while and people, you know, whatever. So starting at number so 10. Before you start, I'm going to guess that we're not going to see Seaside, Florida. We're not going to see Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We're, we're not going to see Broken Bow. We're not going to see Palm Springs. Uh, we will see Surveyorville, not Gatlinburg, okay. Surveyorville. Um, there are, I would probably say, two popular markets on here. And it goes back to, okay, so it's it's kind of twofold, right? When we say cost segregation. Because the states, there are certain states where we want to see the low land value and high building value. And states like Tennessee, Missouri, you can already tell where I'm going with that. Uh, in the market there, they have really, really, really low land value. So the cost segregation benefits really high. And if you can break even slash cash flow a little bit, you know, that has the potential to, you know, make the list. And so that's what some of these markets you'll see. It's like, sure, are you going to find a 20% cash on cash deal there? Probably not. But you're, you could find a 10 to maybe 15%, at least 13 in some of these markets. And uh for, for cash on cash return, which means it's going to cash flow. And then you're going to have an amazing cash cost seg benefit as well. So, and those, those kind of make the list in priority. I'll keep in mind, everybody listening, this data was pulled from Airbnb, VRBO, put into STR Insights. We're basing this off of a gross ROI and then also land to building value estimates for these major markets. We didn't take into account small markets because one, no one hears about them. Two, they're super risky. These are going to be all large markets um with 500 or more mm. active listings in the area um so a couple little filters there to help you know recognize these regions that are performing well for cost segregation benefits so um, just before we jump in kenny i think a lot of people may not know that if you're looking to invest in a, a, a specific market and you want to find this out you can go to the county assessor's office yeah. typically you can either call you can go pull up the tax records and see what the land value is versus the dwelling value so completely different. And one of the reasons you're probably not going to see any or very, and I haven't seen this report, I'm just assuming there won't be any beach markets. And if there are, they're going to be tertiary markets because the sand value is way too high, meaning the land value. So if you have a million dollar property at the beach, I mean, the, you literally could have 500,000 to even $700,000 of land value versus you go to Western North Carolina or the Smokies or, you know, Kentucky, the middle of Kentucky, and take that million dollar property and land value might be one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollars. So, if you're really trying to look at the tax benefits, you either need to speak to somebody that's a cost seg expert prior to purchasing, or you need to at least need to go and look at what's the dwelling value, what's the land value from the assessor's site. Yep, yep. Uh, in fact, I would say so. Eight out of the ten are mountain markets, and then the other two are hill <laughs> markets. They're hill not markets. Mountains. Hill, like I call Hill, Hill? No, no, not Hocking Hill. Even though Penny, I was Penny, 45 Logan, minutes Ohio, away from Hill. Yeah, I was 45 minutes away. I thought about driving down there and taking shots and then going back. But anyway. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what's number 10? Number 10. Where's your Where's your house in Montana? Uh, I own one in Olney, Montana, which is 15 minutes. That's my river house that everybody's seen. The new condos are in Corum, Montana, four hey, miles. There from we the go. Number 10, Corum, Montana. <laughs> Number 10 is Corum? It is, yes. Corum, Montana. 
So ironically, I bought a $950,000 condo and going to end up with almost $190,000 dollar for dollar tax credit. Yes, sir. That's, that's why Montana, Montana's a guy. So not everywhere, you know, obviously if you do like downtown areas, you're not going to get that in whitefish, Bozeman or big yep. sky. You exactly. have to be in the rural area. Right. Right. But the benefits there. Okay. So and Cora, and just for those of you that have never heard of Corum, Montana, it is literally five miles from the entrance to Glacier National Park. That's why it's investable. Yep. That's uh we're seeing a gross ROI of about 10% there. So gross ROI is just the gross yearly revenue divided by the average purchase price of a short-term rental in that market. So 10% gross ROI. So number nine. Number nine. All right. Mr. Hodge, if you're listening. Apologize. Hot Springs, Arkansas at number nine. <laughs> Hot Springs, Arkansas, the home of four traffic drivers, a lake, a national park within a mile, a horse track, and a legitimate casino. The market is now closed. You either have to acquire something with a permit or commercial, but you still can invest around the city limits, specifically on Hamilton Lake. There's still some really good deals, and there is only about seven super properties that exist there currently. Highly yes. investable market. I, yes, I agree. I have seen the ROI on this market drop recently because of, I think, competition and uh, the amount of people going to it uh, before. Because we've been talking about it for almost a year, almost 14 or 15 months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it used to be like a 15, 16 gross ROI. Now it's down to 11, um, which is good. But, you know, I does it mean that once again, I, I always say this, we don't invest in markets, we invest in properties and markets. So just because I say it's 11% doesn't mean that it's a bad market. No one should go there. Just means that it's been going down for probably comp competition saturation. So is it saturated? No. But is it getting there? Most likely, yeah. It's a market that if you go in and do the right stuff and build a super property, you can still stand out and push that up to 15, 17, 18% if you do it right. All about lighting. Their lighting's a big deal. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really controversial post in my Facebook group, STR Data Host, where I posted about one of those super properties in Hot Springs and the lighting. And I, I, I said, like, I said, this is an extreme example. And but look at the type of lighting and, you know, how this impacts revenue and how much they're making compared to everybody else. And people were just there were some people just up in arms about it. They're like, no way is that property making that or no way is that the lighting. It's got to be all these other amenities. And I'm like, guys, 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 like it's not like it's not just the lighting. It's what they're doing with the lighting and how they're marketing it. Thankfully, the owners of the house were in the group and they hopped in too. And they were like, yeah, no, it's right. They <laughs> own, know, but the like, owners own an AV company. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that's something that we not owning that company can would afford be able to afford to get a return on investment. But I know exactly what property you're talking about. Uh, John's actually stayed at that property. I've mm -hmm. seen real photos of that property and I've seen photos without the lighting completely different. The marketability is missing without that lighting. Those are the small things that make a difference in a super property. All right, Kenny, yeah. number eight. Number eight, we're going uh, popular by demand, Asheville, well, not by demand, but by just numbers, Asheville, North Carolina. So nice. Now, when I say Asheville, I'm talking about around Asheville. Now, okay, let's be very easy. So Asheville, downtown Asheville has regulations. Around Asheville doesn't. Now, when we talk around Asheville, when we say Western North Carolina, there's a certain point that I've kind of said is the cutoff for getting the benefit of being near Asheville, and that's Waynesville, Maggie Valley, all the way to Black Mountain, down to Fairview or Fletcher. 
up to uh, Weaverville. If you That's know, a long ways. I mean, you're talking 20, 30 miles. Yes. Yeah. That's a big trade radius. Yes. But I think you get a bigger benefit the closer you are to the city limits if you can get the right property. So Swannanoa yeah. and Black Mountain are not as strong today as they were, you know, a year and a half or two years ago because everybody's getting in between them and the city limits, right? I would, here's the thing, I and, and this is a treat, I guess, uh, my gift to you if you're interested in Nashville, um, for the listeners, the best area where I'm seeing like some really good numbers yeah, coming out of there is in between, is south, just south of Asheville where the airport is and around that area. So it's Fletcher, Fairview. There are some properties like Tyler Coons property that's doing just super well. Doesn't even have views, which is really, really odd. I mean, he's got a nice, he's got a theater room, all these like nice things in it, but there's a lot of properties doing that. And they're kind of like withstanding the odds compared to if I were to take that same property and put it in say a black mountain, it wouldn't do as well as what they're doing there. And I believe my thesis around that is because it's closer to the airport and demand at the airport is like doubled or not demand, but like the travels through that airport is doubled in the last year and it doubled the year before. It's just really like, you know, growing in that. And so in that area, Buy a little totally extra growing. acreage, drop in a four car garage, start a little Turo business down there in Fletcher by the airport. And you there got you the go. double whammy. All right, Kenny, number seven. Boone, North Carolina, high country, uh, not banner elk, but Boone. Interesting. Interesting. Is that yeah. urban in Boone, like around App State? Or is it because a lot of people think when they think Boone, they think that area, right? Then, oh, let's go to Blowing Rock. Let's go to Seven Devils. Seven Devils is definitely not the spot, right? You're talking yeah. literally right around Boone. Yep. Yep. No, it, it, you're, it's, I would say like just up in the mountains, views, things like that. Try to be near the ski resort. So let me ask you, a, let me ask you a question. So there is a, a ski resort Appalachian that's a smaller one. It's not Sugar Mountain or, uh, you know, Beach Mountain. When, when we're looking at this data, so people understand whether they're looking at SCR Insights, Rabu, MashVisor, AirDNA, like that data is on the trailing 12, right? It's not forecasting into the future. So App State had a huge first half of the football season last year. And we saw that impact as short-term rental hosts, even all the way down in the Banner Elk. Hotels saw a huge economic impact, right? How does that play into like the data, the information that you're giving us on Boone today? Does it or does it not since that was within the last 12 months? I mean, so we're, we're talking about like an average across the entire 12, like trailing 12. So it just kind of like rolls. So like you're always going to have that see that impact every single, you know, it's rolling 12. So I, I don't that like, I guess as the colleges grow, like, so as app state, I, I, uh, Appalachian state used to be the college I went to for a year or two years. Used to you went to years. app state. No, 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 no. They were, a com they were a competition. We call them crap oh, gotcha. state. Like I'm used to calling them crap state all the time. So, <laughs> so I'm like, but I mean, app state's a big university, right? And that's the other yeah. thing I think that if you do invest into that urban area, like within a, a few miles and it's very small, Boone's not as big as people probably think it is for, especially for a university. I was like, what is it? 30, 40,000 enrollment. It's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah, the it is. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity and safety to be able to migrate to MTR and LTR if you underwrite, underwrite your properties in the right location there as well. One of the few locations that you could potentially do that in that area. Yeah, they do have some regulation in that market in the downtown area. So just 
you know, be careful, but it's a, it's a big region. It's not just like this tiny town that, you know, and that's the only place you can invest in. So, but I was, I've always been critical of that area. Like I kind of tell investors to stay away from Boone. Um, but it's really proven me wrong. And I've talked to a lot of people recently who bought in the last year and the last two years and they're doing well. Um, now is it this like massive cash flowing market? Is it better than Banner Elk? Well, better, I'd say it's better than Banner Elk today, but last year is definitely Banner Elk. But overall though, like it's a solid market and, um, obviously it's, you know, lesser in the land value than the, the, than the building value, which is what we want to see for cost segregations. So. Awesome. What number are we on? Five, six? We're on six. Number six. So number six is the uh the Bucky's near Severe in Severeville. But uh yeah. Bucky. That's really what imagine wanted. if Bucky started putting tiny homes or something on their Oh on their my land. goodness. I mean, we'd have to stay in it, right? <laughs> god. Oh gosh. So when uh, you say Sevierville, you're talking specifically Sevierville, not Pigeon Forge, not Gatlinburg, not Douglas Lake, specifically Sevierville. Yeah, which I mean, it is a really, really big area, but it's it is better than Gatlinburg. It is better than Pigeon Forge. The numbers, uh, because it's 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 a little different in terms of the location and the size of it and proximity to certain things. The numbers, it's cheaper than a Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg. Um, the numbers work a little better there. And obviously Tennessee is one of the best states for cost segregation benefits. So that that one just rose up in the data. And I don't know, I personally wouldn't do it, but it's there and it's in the list. And so I try to re- remain, take my biases out of it. <laughs> but right. yeah. Cool. All right. Top five. Here we go. Okay. Coming in at number five. Also maybe a little controversial, Branson, Missouri. <laughs> Branson. I'm not a fan of Branson. Too not my not at least for me. I'm not a fan of Branson. I think it's very saturated, hard to separate. Not the ideal buyer that I like, and it's definitively a it's a very short season market. There's nobody in Branson right now. They do have a pretty solid Christmas market though. I'm not, and that's not to defend. You know, really, I mean, I guess kind of is, but the ROI, there is still ROI there. And I think that's the important thing. Once again, I mean, ROI, you're talking like 12% gross ROI, which isn't that great, but that's still like your break even make a little bit. So, and then with the cost seg benefits, it's, you know, pretty great. So I I, I wonder, I'd I'd be interested to know what, like on Table Rock Lake, what the land value difference is on the Arkansas side versus on the Missouri side. I'm, I'm, and we have a couple of mastermind members that are building right now actually two or three on the Arkansas side. I think the Duffies are doing a lot on that Arkansas side as well. I got to imagine the land value probably has an extra 10, 20, 30% benefit on the Arkansas side versus the Missouri side. Yeah, potentially. And I think too, uh, one thing in Branson is that a lot of the properties aren't actually on the lake. They're views of the lake, you know, in communities. And so um, that also has an impact. It's like the land is not as valuable, obviously, unless it's on the lake. So I think that's probably why that a lot of those numbers stood out for Branson. So, right. Cool. All right. Number four. All right. Let's get into some sexier markets. Red River Gorge, Kentucky. So Stanton and Rogers, Kentucky is kind of the two markets there. But where is that for the people that have never heard of Red River Gorge, Kentucky? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up a tab, type in google.com. Then I'm just kidding. Uh, So Red River is 45 minutes south east of lexington kentucky 
Um, so you're talking like, uh, yeah, Southeast Kentucky. So it's a state park uh, about uh, see like 500 to 700,000 people go there per year. Big Jeep community, off-roading, hiking, climbing kind of stuff. Really cool area. Uh, one of the markets that almost couldn't make the list because didn't have enough active listings. But if we look at the region, they do. Lots of uh, great opportunity there. Very, very affordable entry point. We're talking you get a five bedroom for five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. So that is a place that I believe is like Western North Carolina ten years ago. If you have the ability to go in at ten percent, twelve percent gross ROI today, to where you get cash flow on your performa, you get cost seg benefit on your performa, then I think you can get some massive appreciation over the next five to ten years. Because all of us that have been investing for a while though, that's the type of market that we're looking for as that secondary market. And, you know, now's the time to get in. Remember what, you know, we talked about previously is Kenny and I are talk about markets and they become more public. And I would say that probably less than 10% of investors right now know about Red River Gorge in Kentucky, maybe less than 5%. So now's the time to get in there. If you want to go into that market, obviously do your own research. And it's actually a market I have on my list right now. And it's interesting because I fall into that same demographic of, not demographic, but thought process of, man, do I want to go in there now? Is it too early? Is there not enough traffic? I mean, less than a million people go into a state park is not that many. But if I can be profitable today, I think it's a tremendous long-term strategy. Yeah. And, and I'll add this too. There's a, uh, I forgot how much, multi-million dollar resort, big, big, big resort that's going to be built in there. And people go, oh, well, that's going to be competition. And guys, it's a resort. So it's going to pull traffic. It's going to be yeah, a traffic generator. Exactly. <clears throat> so, and there's not a lot of land to build on there. Like there's not a lot of places where like you can't have, if you if they put subdivisions of houses, it's further away from the park. So finding opportunity near the park or like a 10, 15 minute drive is really key and prime right now. So. Location, proximity, views. Bingo. So. Cool. All right. Number four. Number three. Number three. Top three. Top three. Here we go. Uh, believe it or not, we've talked about this one already several times. Newry, Maine. Once again, uh, cost segregation benefits about 18, 19%. Of and it's really Newry, Bethel, because kind of the Sunday yeah. River ski resort's kind of in the middle of those two small towns, right? Uh, yeah. It, I mean, technically it is a Newry, but um, Newry is like a a community it's not even a town it's a community right. kind of and then bethel is the town the nearest town so here's so. the thing that's i i just did a podcast on my str unfiltered about doing deep research and rather it's looking at regulation it's looking at new developments because people are just now starting to talk about like the gulf shores airport kenny and i've been preaching about this for two years now it's really pretty much too late and my not too late but if you if you would have bought two years ago you would have been in a much better position Newry, if you really do some research and you look at the investment that's going into Sunday River, and then you look at the lack of hotel rooms and resorts around there, it is an Airbnb. It's a short-term rental community. Um, so that's yeah. type of the deeper research that you need to be looking at when you investigate uh, a new market. All right, number two. Number two is Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. Mountain Mama, take me home. Whoa, Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. That's a new one for me. I've never heard of this market before. Where that's obviously is it close to Huntington, West Virginia? I mean, it's in the middle of West Virginia. I don't, I don't like geographically, you know, the 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 geo coordinates. I'm but googling it right now. 
So there's a new national park there. Probably, I think it is the newest national park. One of the new, maybe second, I don't know, whatever. But it is like new, yeah, New River Gorge National Park. It's in Berkeley, near Berkeley Springs. Berkeley Springs is a vacation market. There's some lakes around there. Beautiful mountains, hiking, things like that. Very, very affordable entry price. And number one, Kenny? Luray, Virginia. Shenandoah. Shenandoah. Luray, Virginia. That is awesome. Very close to the Washington, D.C. market to be able to pull traffic in out of the uh, D.C. area. So Luray, Virginia. If you're not familiar with the Shenandoah Mountains, it's about an hour, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes just southwest of Washington, D.C., a great market. We have a, I have a couple of mastermind members that are invested down there. You can actually still get in for three hundred dollars to $500,000 price point down there. Very heavily regulated. Can take time to get permits, so you do need to do your own research. But there you have it, my friends. That's the STR Insights Top Investable Markets from a Cost Egg Benefit standpoint. Thanks for joining us on this episode of STRnomics. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Happy hosting, everybody. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.